This podcast is Challenging Opinions and is presented by William Campbell. Thank you for downloading the new relaunched Challenging Opinions podcast. Every Monday, I'll be bringing you brand new content, but as part of the relaunch, I'm including previous interviews in this feed, like this one with Ali Sina. He's originally from Iran, and he's a former Muslim who has a lot to say about the religion. Challenging Opinions is the podcast where ideas are tested. Whether you are left or right, conservative or progressive, devout or skeptic, what matters is the strength of your argument, not the strength of your voice. Make your view heard and get it included in the next show. Email your opinion to podcast at challengingopinions.com and we can discuss it in the next podcast. I'm joined on the line now by Ali Sina. He is the editor of faithfreedom.org. Ali, uh, you were a Muslim, but you're not anymore. Uh, I know that you were originally from Iran. If you lived in Iran now and you proclaimed that you had left Islam, what would life be like for you? Well, it would be imprisonment and death, as there are many Iranians right now who are being persecuted at this very moment, they are in jail because they have uh, left Islam. Uh, there is a pastor, an American pastor, who has, uh, who's already in jail, and um, of which Donald Trump is talking, that Kerry uh, went to make a negotiation and didn't mention even his name. He's in jail because he's uh, converted to Christianity and is helping other Iranians to convert to Christianity. So leaving Islam is a capital crime. Uh, you can commit any sin according to the Islamic scriptures and you can be forgiven by Allah except the sin of leaving Islam. There is no forgiveness. You you are either a mad, um, you either recant and declare yourself that this was insanity or you will be put to death. Um, to clarify that, there are people, and there, Iran does have a population of Christians and also of a Jewish population. Those people are allowed to live and, to a certain extent, practice their religion. But if a Muslim Iranian converts to Christianity or any other religion, that's bad news. In, in Islam, it is acceptable. You can leave um, as a zimmi, as a as a protected class, as long as you pay your protection fee, which is jizya. Uh, if you belong to, if you are, belong to Christianity and Judaism, because these are called the people of the book. Uh, however, you are not allowed to proselytize your religion, to make a display of your religion. For example, you cannot build churches with your crosses showing in the streets and things like that. Uh, and uh, it's also in many Islamic countries prohibited if you repair your churches. You have to get special permission, which is generally denied. Even repairing a church can be an offense and you can go to prison for that. Uh, <clears throat> however, if you leave Islam, uh, you are committing grave sin. And if you convert other Muslims out of Islam, 
it is a capital punishment. You have to be put to death. Um, that sounds pretty barbaric. I, I think it's fair to say that Iran is probably one of the most extreme uh, examples of the implementation of fundamentalist Islam, perhaps along with um, Saudi Arabia and now what we call uh, ISIS or the Islamic State. Other true, Islamic true. countries tend to be far more liberal than this. And, uh, well, I wouldn't say far more liberal. They are slightly more liberal. But in all Islamic countries, you are not allowed to preach uh, to Muslims and convert them to other faiths. You can face, face um, crime charges if you do that. And recently, there was a public uh, demonstration of uh, protest, public protest by Muslims and in and Indonesia, because in somewhere in Indonesia, uh, there was a church which displayed their cross right in front of their, uh, on top of their uh, street. This cross was offensive. The very existence of cross on a church was offensive to Muslims. They made a demonstration in front of the, the church, and the government asked the church to remove the cross. That is Indonesia, the most uh, liberal Islamic country. So, what, what do you say? What do you say, Ali, to uh, people who say that uh, in the Christian Bible there's an awful lot of bloodthirsty uh, verses? There are some instructions in the Christian Bible that most people in most uh, Christian or Western countries would completely reject, such as, for example, forcing a rape victim to marry her rapist. I isn't it uh, kind of possible to just selectively quote from any uh, ancient holy book and find some terrible, terrible quotations? There is a huge difference. First of all, uh, the violence in the Quran is descriptive. There is no prescription for violence, either in the Old Testament or in the New Testament. Secondly, the, the, the Old Testament's laws have been changed by Jesus. Jesus has brought his own spiritual laws. We changed a lot of laws of the, of the Old Testament, although the Christians say that he did, and he basically revolutionized the, the old, old laws. He brought a message which is entirely based on love, forgiveness, which is very different from the old laws. And the thirdly, there, there, we can select, we can choose, Verses from the Quran, from the Bible, because the Bible was written by humans inspired by God. It's not the verbatim word of God. So if there is an error in the Bible, if there is something that doesn't make common sense, we have the freedom to pick and choose. We can say that this error is either due to misunderstanding of me or due to misunderstanding of his author. We have that luxury to pick and choose the best in the, in the Bible and put aside things that make no sense anymore because we can attribute that to the misunderstanding of its author. In Quran, you cannot do that because it's declared, claimed to be the verbatim word of God. Nothing from the Quran can be changed. There can be any reform in the, in this sacred, so, so-called sacred books because it's verbatim word, word of God. So the comparison is very different. Furthermore, there are hundreds of very, very clear verses of the Quran that prescribe killing unbelievers, calls them to slay them wherever you find them. 
that uh, that the opposition to Islam is worse than killing, so it's better if we can kill the those who oppose Islam and things like that. It's very clear. Nothing of that you can find in the in the Bible. Um, what would you say, Ali? To clearly uh, now Christianity behaves very differently, or at least Christian, most Christians, people in Western countries behave very differently to the typical behavior, especially of the more extreme uh, Islamic countries. Islam is 14 centuries old. Christianity is maybe 20 or 21 centuries old. When Christianity was 14 centuries old, it was a pretty ugly and brutal affair. Do you think there's something... Uh, in that, that perhaps Islam is uh, presently, Islam, which previously uh, was a center of learning and education, um, it's now going through a more difficult phase similar to the Middle Ages in Christianity? First of all, Islam was never peaceful. Um, and it was never a cradle of civilization. This is a misunderstanding, a misinterpretation of the history. Islam was uh, at one time glorious as long as they had, they could raid other countries and pillage them and bring the wealth in the in Baghdad and uh, spend them there. When that wealth dried up, when they could no longer attack, the wealth stops stopped in Europe. They decline began because Islam cannot produce; it can only conquer, it can only expand the wealth of other people. So the glory of Islam had to do with the pillage. You stop the pillage, the glory of Islam died. Today, Islam is again on the rise. And the, and the reason is two. One is the oil. The price of the oil is high, and they have, they have got plenty of oil. And the second is immigration. They come by millions to the Western countries, and they are powerful. They are making good money here. And because of that wealth that they, they, can, they have just generated, they have started again the jihad. Muslims must have always continued the jihad, which is the struggle to spread Islam, as long as they are powerful. But they are required to enter into hudna, which is truce, when they feel the raging war is not going to be successful. So the Muslim is required to wage war when he is powerful, and he is required to enter into truce, not peace, truce, uh, with the non-Muslim when he feels that the chances of winning are slim. So for a couple of centuries, Muslims were very weak. So they uh, they entered into Hutna, self-imposed Hutna. There was no war, there was no jihad, because they knew they had no chance of winning. After 1979, and the success of the Islamic Revolution in Iran, Muslims and the wealth that they generated through oil, Muslims all over the world realized that they are now powerful. And there is also weakness in the West, thanks to the uh, socialist governments. There is a political correctness. There is a, a concerted effort to embrace all cultures, irrespective of whether they are good or bad cultures. There is cultural relativism being taught in the West. So thanks to all these changes, that the weaknesses that we have in the West, Muslims feel that it is now time for them, and they are strong enough, to start again their jihad and conquer the world. They, they have absolute confidence that this jihad is going to be victorious because of their wealth and the power and the weakness, 
socialist and socialistic weakness that has been brought to the West. So Ali, one, Ali one, one, other, one, one final point. Um, I was speaking to one other uh, Iranian friend of mine. She was conscious that when she visited Iran, uh, that a large number of people were very afraid to say it, but when they realized that she uh, was Western educated and that she lived in the West, they were quite uh, excited and enthusiastic to say that they didn't believe in Islam at all. Really, they were atheists and they uh, wanted to, uh, they were excited to hear that she also was an atheist. What do you say to people in Iran, in your home country, who really don't believe in the precepts of Islam? I don't have to say anything. They don't believe. The most Iranians, uh, by majority of them, have already left Islam because the Iranian people are very educated. Um, the, the level of education is extremely high. These educated people are uh, internet savvy. They are very open-minded people. They know something is wrong. So they cannot speak. Of course, you see that there are demonstrations in the mosque, etc. But they are very, very tiny minority. Iranians, by large, have left Islam. A lot of them have become atheists or agnostic, and over a million have converted to Christianity, and some have also have converted to, to Zoroastrian uh, ancestor of faith. So Iranians will, Iran will be the first country, I believe, that will become un-Islamic once the, this oppressive regime is overthrown. Ali, Ali Sina, the editor of faithfreedom.org, thank you very much for speaking to me. Thank you, it was a pleasure. Never miss a show. Follow at Challenging O on Twitter and like Challenging Opinions on Facebook for updates on each show's contents. You can find a link for Ali's organization, Faith Freedom, in the show notes on the website. Do you know someone who I should interview? What topics should I be covering? I'd really be interested to hear your feedback. And if you like the podcast, there's one thing that you could do that would really help other people to find it. Go on iTunes and give the podcast a rating and write a short review. There's a link on the website directly to the iTunes page. Also, please like the show on Facebook. On Twitter, you can follow the show at Challenging O. And most importantly, subscribe to the show. You can use iTunes if you're an Apple person or Google Play Music if you're on Android. There's links for both of those and the RSS feed if you're old school. You can find them or get in touch with me at www.challengingopinions.com. On the next podcast, I'll have Rishon Biddle talking about his organization, Dropout Nation. The Challenging Opinions podcast is produced and presented by me, William Campbell. Thank you for listening. Thank you.